Mammy's got so much to thank you. But Brother Donnie, I've been through so much. I know, but where in the world would you be if he hadn't helped you? Carol and I was talking about it this week. She said, I don't know how in the world people live in this life in this day without Jesus in their life. Well, I realize some people can, and apparently they think they're doing okay with it. But I believe there's some people on the earth that cannot. They just cannot. I feel sorry for those. Those who can, I'm sure that they feel sorry for us, but we feel way more sorry, Brother Joel, for them. Because they live their life every day. They don't pray. They don't love Jesus. They don't think about him. They don't talk about him. Imagine if Jesus, Brother John, wasn't a part of our lives. What would we do? Well, thank God for the great privilege for us. I want to say how much I enjoyed the music today. Singing, worship, it was not just the singers, but you all participating. It's absolutely wonderful. We're going to read the word. Before we do, I've got an unusual request today I'd like to make to you. Beginning tomorrow, Erica's going to start taking these chemo pills. All the side effects and all the things that they list that goes with them, you know how it is for medication or all that they do, there's always so much more things that can happen. But I told her, I guess it was on Friday, I said, I've been thinking about taking your medication to church on Sunday just having the saints to pray over it. She said, do, Daddy. So that's what we're fixing to do. Now, they want her to take this one right here. It'll be 14 days in this cycle. And this one, on day 10, she'll start taking it twice a day for this one, once for the other one. We're grateful for what God has allowed medical science to be able to do to, to help us. Are we not? But unlike God, when God created his laboratory of science, God could split an atom as he did by spoken word in the beginning. And the fallout and the radiation killed nobody, did nothing. But when man goes into his laboratory and splits it, we know what happens. So it's the same with many of the things that man has broke into. Some people feel like, well, I've got a doctor, I don't even need prayer. No. You need prayer along with your doctor, along with your medication. Now, I know some of you may think it's foolish, but I know of some different ones here took, taking pills and vaccines for this and that and the other. And you know what they do before they take them? They lay hands on them. Matter of fact, there's a brother standing right here looking at me right now that took one not long, long ago. And he told the nurse, he said, before you put that in my arm, I want to pray over that. So he prayed over that vaccine whenever she got done giving it to him. You know what she wanted to do? Shake his hand. So you may not be as crazy as what it seems like. How many believes today God's going to help her? I want to thank you for praying for, for Alicia. She's got on some medication for her heart to regulate that. And we're believing the Lord's just going to move for her as well. And we certainly thank you for that. Erica will be taking these for 14 days and all 14 days, on 14 days, all 14 days for about a period of six months. So we're just believing God that he's, he's going to move for. How many of you have a need, a request on your heart today that you'd like to be remembered? Amen. Let's just take him before the Lord, if you would. Heavenly Father, we are gathered here today.
once again in the house of God. We are so thankful for this opportunity. How wonderful the music was, Lord, the singing, the praises of your children. But Lord, to us, this is not one time a year. We don't just get all religious just after Thanksgiving and then pull a big drunk on New Year's Day and forget about you the rest of the year. We need you every day of our life. I need you every moment that I'm awake. And I need you when I'm asleep. We need you, Father, more than ever before. Lord God, you saw the hands of your children that were uplifted and signifying many needs and requests. Even though we're grateful for the holidays when we can spend time together. Yet, Lord, my heart is always so burdened because of those who've lost loved ones and friends. And I can't say that I 100% always enjoy every holiday. Because even though I may not have lost a loved one, yet somebody in my church has, a friend of mine around the world, wherever it is. How I long for the day when there'll be no more sadness. Just no more sadness. So we pray for those, Lord. This has been a tough year for us as a church. It's been a tough year for many of our church families. It's lost loved ones as we say it. So we pray that you'd be mindful of them today, Lord. Dear God, I lay my hands on these bottles of medication. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that you'd just be with Erica, that you'd help her. There's others here, Lord, that's had to take various treatments for different things. And we believe, Father, that you love your children and you want to move on our behalf. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I've got that copy laying there at home on our counter and all the side effects. And they want you to read this and that and the other. And I have to be honest, I haven't spent a lot of time reading it. I've spent more time reading your promises. But we're not foolish. We know we have to be sensible about these things. But we're asking you, Lord, that these things would go to whatever the issue is in her body. May the side effects be minimal. We're believing you, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, may the Spirit of God just be with her, Lord. We thank you for what you've done for Alicia, Lord. And we're believing you for a complete recovery. We thank you, Lord, Brother John, standing here today. Lord, thank you for moving for our brother. When his two children came up, Lord, and his back was so bad he couldn't even come to church, couldn't even hardly get up and move around, Lord, laying on the floor in pain. And the supernatural power of God came down and touched our brother. We thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. We love you. We commit the service now to you, Lord. Bless us now and help us together in Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, I ain't going to preach with these today. I'm just going to stick them in my pocket so Brother Louie can hang it up for me. Let's turn to the book of Colossians, if you would, this morning. Um, chapter, chapter 1, verse 15. I know this is during the time of the holidays, Christmas season and all, and I'm not much of a Christmas sort of a speaker, I guess, but um, I do want to... Maybe going in, in that direction today, but maybe not quite in the norm. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? 
the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Now listen to this. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. He is before all things. And by him, all things consist. I just, in my mind, I cannot imagine how Paul must have felt when the Spirit of God gave him these words. It must have been so overwhelming that maybe he was writing, maybe he was preaching. He knows exactly how it come. But whenever it hit him, we'll say if he was writing and he was just writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God and once he wrote those things, Brother West, he sat back from where he was at and read them and thought, wow, how awesome is this? These are not the words of a man. They're the words of Almighty God. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Let's jump down to verse 24 and continue reading. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I'm not sure if you know it or not, but yesterday NASA sent a $10 billion satellite into orbit around the Earth. It was worked on by many different scientists from around the world. 
they wanted to launch this new satellite in order to give them a better perspective into the heavens. It will be many times greater the ability to view into the universe than what Hubble was ever able to do. Hubble totally changed what man saw and many things that man believed about the universe. But this one, so they say, will venture out even farther than Hubble could ever go. It will take approximately six months for it to get set up in the orbit and to start traveling out to where it will orbit all of these miles and miles away from planet Earth. As a matter of fact, they are projecting that with its ability to draw the light of the perimeters of the way that it's made and the size having a much larger spectrum to gather the illumination of the light, they are hoping to be able to see back to the very dawn of creation. What they call the Big Bang. Well, what they call the Big Bang, we call, and God said, let there be light. Now, I'm not refuting that there might have been a Big Bang whenever it went out of his mouth. Who knows exactly what it was, but I don't believe all this stuff just somehow come together. I believe and an intelligent design. But as I read that yesterday and and heard of what they had done, and I thought it has been in the conquest of man for millennia to try to understand where he's from and what is beyond his home. What is beyond this planet? Why would they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to go out to Mars and we ain't even got cell phone service in our house? I can't even pull up the weather channel to check the weather in my bathroom. I have to move from one room to the other. If you call me on my cell phone and I'm sitting downstairs, my phone will ring, but I cannot answer it. So I'm sitting down in my recliner studying and I have to get up and go to the back porch and by the time I do, most of you's done hung up. But I'm so grateful that we've been able to send this rover to Mars. Don't it help you all in your battle of life? Don't you feel so much better? Sure you do. But what is it about man that his conquest to search for that which doesn't really benefit him anything? It doesn't accomplish him one thing in life. It will not make life easier. It will not make life better. It will not make life more enjoyable. But it's something about the intelligence that God gave man that when he gets under the satanic anointing, that he feels there is no boundary whatsoever. And a lot of it is to prove to himself 
that he's not bound here on the earth. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt it will not benefit the human race at all, but they have to do it. And I don't say that that is always necessarily bad because I believe in the heart of every mortal that has the ability to reason and think and concentrate and process in his mind that there's something in him or her that desires to know where do I come from? Where am I going when this life is over? What is beyond what I can see, taste, feel, smell, hear? But I'm so glad that we have anchored our soul in a world that is beyond Mars, beyond Venus, beyond this new telescope. Now, whenever I read what scientists are saying that they want to go back to these primitive stars that they think were the very first ones that come out of this birthing past in the universe to where all this hydrogen and all these chemicals and these things that are there in this birthing cycle to where stars are born. And there they think if they can go far enough back, they will be able to find the first refractive light ray that came from the very beginning of what they call the Big Bang. And as I said, because it's Christmas and many folks expect kind of a, a Christmas message, but I really don't want to start today in Bethlehem. I don't want to start with a manger scene or with Joseph and Mary on their way to be taxed and to be registered by the government. But I would like for us to go even further back. I'm not sure if the scientists will be disappointed whenever they allow this new telescope to go up and the lifespan, they say, will only be approximately 10 years because of the amount of fuel that they were able to store on it and also by the panels by which will draw the light rays, but they're expecting that its lifespan will be approximately 10 years. Of course, Hubble has already been many, many years more than that. But there may come something that will absolutely thwart or cut off their expectation. There could be space junk, which is up there we know, that will clash with their satellite and in their dreams. As a matter of fact, they were all in such anticipation yesterday because even though they trust this particular rocket that they use to send it off from the tropical jungle of South America, they were still uh, in an awe and holding their breath uh, because the rocket could fail and then this $10 billion satellite would be burned up. But they were rejoicing, and I saw a little clip of it on YouTube, and how all of these people were clapping their hands, and they were high-fiving, and they were just going on and going on because they'd been able to get it off of the earth. And I thought, and they would call us crazy if they'd see us tomorrow at church worshiping and praising our living God. 
But only time will tell their anticipation and expectation of what this satellite will render. They may get out there and something may happen to where it will not be able to bring to them that which they anticipated. But let me point you today in a direction that you can place all of your expectation and your anticipation upon the word of Almighty God. And even though you may have disappointments in life, disappointments as Christians, but yet ultimately he will never let you down and he will never fail you, no matter how much sometimes we think he has. Let me bring your attention today, and if I can open with this from Christ the mystery of God revealed. Now God's secret mystery he had before the world began. Now back in the back part of God's mind, there was something he was trying and going to achieve. Isn't this? And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed. In order to let himself be expressed. Because first, there wasn't even a moon, a star, an atom, or a molecule, or anything. He was God. But he wasn't exactly God at that time. And of course, we know that because God is an object of worship. And there wasn't nothing to worship him. So he was the great eternal now, the satellite that they sent out yesterday will never be able to venture back. Now, let's just say that it will be successful in that it will go out a million miles, a million miles from the earth is what they think it will be able to go out and be able to make its orbit. So it will go out a million miles from the earth and be able to go beyond what Hubble was able to see called the elliptical plane. So it will go beyond the elliptical plane and it will go out and it maybe will just say it will be able to catch light that was illuminated beyond the time of Moses and beyond the time of Joshua and say it was even able to go there and catch light because eternity, of course, is so vast and the universe is so vast and ever expanding. And we know that God himself is the great maker of this, but this is one aspect that their satellites will never be able to penetrate into, and that is the back part of God's mind. But God must have wanted it to be so special to the saints of God in the last days that he did not send a satellite up into the or above the earth's atmosphere or he did not make a scientist to break in to some great scientific exploration, but he allowed a prophet of God access into the very mind of God to catch God's secret that was there before the world ever began. Now, no doubt it would be a tremendous thing. And we know in the World's Fair, of course, in the early 1900s, that whenever they made it, that they made a photon energy cell and they was able to catch the light from the universe and funneled it down through there. And by doing that, they had these lights and they turned on a switch and this photon energy cell was able to take the gamma light rays and able to 
power those things for so long. And so when this man turns on the switch and it begins to illuminate these lights and they begin to tell the people there at the World's Fair that that had actually left the moon many, many, many years ago. And I know the light, of course, travels at 186,000 miles per second. 186,000 miles per second. And if they break into it and they keep going farther and farther back, but will they go here? They won't. But God has allowed us as his people to be able to go back and see his motive. Now science has a motive, of course. They have an objective and why they want to do this. And if we could ask them, they'd probably be able to take these great old big long fancy words, which most of us probably wouldn't even understand in the first place. Would we make sense out of it all to us? We'd say, why not feed the hungry? Why not be able to meet the needs of the people on the planet you're instead of trying to go out there and find out something out there that'll never benefit none of us anyway. But yet, more than likely, we will never understand their motive for doing such. Uh, Someone told me the other day that uh, through the government waste that scientists had spent several hundred thousand dollars taking pigeons and seeing if pigeons could be able to play a slot machine. Wow. Wow, I am so overwhelmed by such stupidity. And your tax dollars paid for it. The millions of dollars they waste on this and that and the other. God's one pure way of government on the earth is a godly king. And we're fixing to get one. But yet in all of their searching, in all of their hunting, they will never be able to send a scientific instrument and find this. Now watch. He says in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. And in him was love. In him was to be father. In him was to be son. Oh my. In him was to be savior. In him was to be a healer. And all these great attributes that we see already expressed, they were in God. You say, what, what, what in the world has this got to do with Christmas? Absolutely everything. This is the reason that he came to the earth. So he did not come to the earth just for the purpose of making a visit. Well, I'd kind of like to just go down there and see what it all looks like. He had already been here before Christmas. He had already walked the earth in the Garden of Eden. He had already come down by the investigating judgment to see what was going on before the Andalusian destruction. So he had already been here, but he had never been here in this form of a human being to take our penalty upon himself. Now God had a purpose and a hidden mystery and that's what I wanna speak on to the church this morning. The hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began and how it's unfolded itself. Now listen to this, this is July of 1963 how it has unfolded itself to this present hour 
that we're living in. Now, the scriptures that we read there in Colossians was so profound and so wonderful. And Luke and Matthew and Mark and John and, and Peter and all the rest of the men that wrote in the New Testament, yet none of them was able to catch what Paul called and put it into words to be able to catch the things that God had done. And the preeminence part about the second fold mystery, which was the church. None of them had ever been able to do it. And as I said, I believe that Paul must have been overwhelmed himself, as Brother Branham was. Any true anointed person of God, if it's a songwriter, when they will catch something from the Lord, and the Lord will drop it by inspiration, and they write it down, or maybe they pass by a sign or something, and they see it there, and the Spirit of God drops the inspiration, and they catch that, and they read it, and they think, oh my goodness, Lord, that is so awesome. And it's not because they're thinking they're awesome, but the inspiration that was able to catch it. And you imagine as the saints of God in that age 2,000 years ago, when they began to get the book of Colossians and they passed it around from one church to another and they began to read this mystery that had been kept secret and some of the apostles, no doubt, that were with the Lord Jesus were still alive when Paul read this and whenever wrote this rather and when they read it and they read it, they thought, this is it, this, this, uh, this is it, this is what he was. In him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the entire mystery of God. But as wonderful as that was, there were still parts of this mystery which had not been revealed under the ministry of Paul or under the ministry of Luther, Wesley, or Pentecost, but it was kept for the last day. We are a blessed people, friends. Now he says it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour that we're living. Now watch how the, he keeps going with this. God's great mystery of how it's a secret. He kept it a secret. Nobody knew nothing about it. Even the angels didn't understand it, see? He didn't reveal it. Now, God could not have made it known to the angels. And Lucifer, which was the original archangel, of course, it was not made to him. But the secret was kept in the great mind of God. Notice he has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. Now, this comes under the terms that the prophet uses in this sermon when he said that this way, that it was the slowly unfolded mystery. So it's part of it was wrote out in Moses. Part of it was wrote out in Joshua. Part of it wrote out in Adam and Eve. Part of it wrote out in Joseph. Part of it wrote out in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he never let out the mystery. He would write the word of God in their lives and they live their normal everyday life as a, as a person chosen by God. And they didn't say, hey, I'm prophesying. Hey, I'm, I'm a type of the Lord Jesus. Hey, this is coming to pass in my lie because they didn't even know it themselves. He wrote it out in their lives. Well, if he wrote out the anatype in their lives, will not you and I live our lives more than likely the same day, the same way in the day that we're living whenever we look back and we get into that realm of eternity and then we look back and see, we say, my little did I know it was the mystery of God being lived out of my life every day. I just got up and I brushed my teeth. I started off the day. I combed my hair and I ate and I went to work and I 
I done this and that and the other. I just lived an everyday life. And when you look back, you realize that was not an everyday life at all. It was the Spirit of God moving in your life and helping you to live out that word and you're part of the mystery of God expressed. Now, watch this, how that the prophet goes into it. And he says that this great secret, he said, God's mischief, how it's a secret. He kept it secret. Even the angels didn't understand it. He has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. Therefore, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. Now, remember, God is only a savior in Christ. God is the New Testament healer in Christ. God is is the redeemer in Christ, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Oh, he says the entire Bible is an expression of one goal that God had. Think of this, all the entirety of the Bible is the expression of one goal that God had. One purpose he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. And all the acts of the believers in the Bible has been in type and expressing what God's great goal is. And now in the last day, he has revealed it and shows it. Praise be to God. Now if we go to just the manger in Bethlehem, many of the folks now they're dealing with after Christmas and next month all their Christmas bills will come in and they'll lose the Christmas thing, you know. Well, they'll revert back to their old life, joy to the world, the Lord has come and their Christmas cantatas and all those things will be laid aside and they'll take everything about Christmas and put it in a bin or a box and they'll do away with it. But to the real believer. This does not begin on uh, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And it does not end the 26th of December. But to a real believer, we are living out God's purpose and his expression every day of our life. So we don't just stop with Bethlehem. What is Bethlehem? It is the house of God's bread. But to us, every believer that is born in Christ is also born in Bethlehem. Then we become the very representation of this thought now as it goes on. Now, no doubt Mr. Hubble many, many years ago, he would have never thought that a satellite would have been named after him. And the the one that they sent out yesterday, the gentleman there. He would have never thought one would be named after him. But what he done, he laid a foundation and science to where people would read about him and say, oh, what a great man, what a great man. We'll send this satellite up there and his name will live on for years and years and years. But if time goes on, then this one will stop, it will crash, it will do whatever. But the Lord God has a secret and a purpose that in involves time but goes beyond time. Now if you can understand it, eternity is like a ring and then there's a little loop that drops down down here at the bottom which is where we are and that little loop is called time. But actually that loop is in eternity as well because it comes off the circle. So you look at it this way and it just loops down. All that we've been dealing with for thousands of years, all it is is this little hickey is what Brother Ram called it that his wife said and it just comes right down like this. A little 
little bitty drop down your Tabata. But that in itself is in the loop of eternity. All that we're going through, my, our life, if we live to be 75, 80, 90 years old, and we think of God's mercy extended to us that long, but in reality, why well, it's not even that to God. Because he himself, the great eternal, does not live in time. He doesn't live in matter. He doesn't live and exist in science or molecules. He lives in that great realm of eternity. And those of you that are born again because he come to the earth, your soul has already been pulled back up into that circle of eternity. Notice this. He said the first thing was that God wanted to reveal himself to people. He couldn't do it as the great Jehovah God who covered all space and time and eternity. He could not. He's too great to ever be revealed to people because it would be too mysterious. Now you understand those of you today who love the Lord and you're serving him that unless the Lord changed his form, if he was right here among us today, it would be so far beyond our comprehension. We'd never be able to comprehend it. It would be like you going to some scientist and he's giving some sort of talk about light or matter or time or whatever and you're sitting there thinking, what in the world is that man talking about? Turn that thing off. I don't understand nothing he's saying. Uh, God's wisdom would be so far beyond that, it would just go completely over the top of the minds of us humans. And he knew that. But he chose to reveal himself to people. But before he can reveal himself to people, he must make himself in a comprehensible form. Notice this. The first thing was he wanted to reveal himself to people. Now jump down there because it would have been too mysterious. How could that great being that never did begin that after you went beyond the cycle of hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of light space. So we're not talking about now earth years, but we're talking about light years, which is the amount that light travels in the space of a year. What is it, 6.9 trillion miles that light will travel? So we're talking about trillions of light years. They'll never find him, friends. But think, all of their searching, and he found you. Praise be to God, they'll never find him. But his love was so great to you that he found you round here on this earth, stumbling around in darkness, and the Spirit of God found you and called you to himself. Now notice then, it would go beyond those hundreds of billions and trillions of years of life space out into the infinite, into the eternity and a great creature that was all that and still is. So he was all of that and still is. But what he wanted to do, oh I love this, what he wanted to do, he loved fatherhood. He loved fatherhood. Now, if you get time sometime and you'd like to study uh, in the message, some type in that. God loved, God loves, God, you know, just all those contractions there. Put parentheses about it, it'll minimize how many thousand quotes you get. But whenever you go to pulling it up and see how many things God actually loves or loved, 
And then you see the things that God hates or hate or hated. And this is one thing that God loved. He loved fatherhood. Now listen at his perception of this, for he was a father. And the only way he could express it was to become a son of man. Now he wanted, he loved fatherhood, but the only way he could express his fatherhood was to become a son. Now you say how strange this is for us, how odd and how peculiar, because we're not eternal. So my goodness, it don't take very much to understand folks like us, we're so simple and so common. But yet for the eternal himself, in the state of fatherhood, man would have not been able to comprehend him. Man would have not been able to perceive it, but he wanted to become in the expression of father, and in order to become a father, he had to become a son. Oh, you mean, Brother Donnie, the baby in the manger? No, not exactly. You see, in order for him to become father, he must become son. But he actually becomes son way before Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, God gave birth to himself a son, which was the Logos, which went out of God's great being. Now, a lot of folks picture Jesus just beginning there in the manger, or they think he was the second person of the Godhead, and then Papa looked at her and said, I need somebody to go down there. I ain't going. I ain't doing it. I ain't going. I need somebody to go down there. Who'll go down there? Who'll go? Who'll go? Who'll go? Then Jesus finally, you know, reluctantly, well, I reckon I will. That ain't the way it was at all. As a matter of fact, there was not two gods up there in heaven, and there ain't two now. And there sure ain't three. But there was one great eternal that lived in the realm of infinity. And he wanted to become father, but in order to do it, he had to express himself in the form of son. You see, you think son as human first. He was not human first, he was word first. You see, this is the way Paul was able to encapsulate the birth of the word. You see, Paul here doesn't even mention Bethlehem at all. He doesn't mention those wise men. He doesn't mention Mary, Joseph, none like that. But Paul is catching him when he was there in his original glory with the Father God. Not as a big God, an old man, and then a younger guy, a middle-aged guy, but it was the great eternal, which was not even a man in the first place. The eternal is not a man. He could be right here this morning, and we could look right at him and not even see him because we don't have access to look into that realm of supernatural. So Father wanted to reveal himself, so out of his invisible aura of his presence comes something into a world or a realm or a sphere that can be handled, touched. So what was it God gave birth to himself? A son. And what was that son? It was the word. Now God has a form by which he can create all things. Now this is the writing in Colossians here, that all things were made by him, which is Jesus, the word. So the word goes out of the eternal, then God starts using his word and he starts creating. Now he's not even God yet because God is an object of worship and there was nobody to worship him. So the prophet said, to my opinion, the first thing that he made was angels. 
then they begin to worship him. So the scene that we look at at Bethlehem, oh, how we love it, how we thank, thank him so much that he come to the earth to become a man. But this was not his first advent. This was not his first act of condescension. You see, he condescended from himself. And as I've said it before, that Jesus could not have been his own father, but God could become his own son. Praise the Lord. You see, Jesus was that creation that came out of the eternal. It was the part of God that come where humans could be able to touch it and, and love it. What he wanted, he loved fatherhood and he was a father and the only way he could express it was to become a son of man. That's the reason Jesus kept saying the son of man. See, they didn't know what he was talking about, many of them. But now you get it and the congregation says... Amen. He wanted to express himself. That was his, one of his threefold purposes was to express himself, identify himself with human beings. I know this seems so strange to us that the great eternal would want to identify himself with human beings because we think, my goodness, look at us. We're so frail. We're so captured in this lot of time and we deal with sickness and heartache and trouble. Oh, but you're thinking about the human beings in this little loop of time. You see, he's not just thinking about human beings in this loop of time, but he's thinking about when the loop is jerked back into the circle of eternity and the saints of God will be pulled back into the realm of eternity, eternal life in a human body. You were never made to be an angel and you're not gonna be an angel. You were made to be a human being. Now think of it when the resurrection takes place and we see our brothers and sisters, they will be there in the eternal life in a human looking body. They will have eternal eyes, eternal nose, eternal fingers, eternal feet. Praise be to God. They can never die. They can never age. They can never get weary. They can never get down. They can never get de de depressed or sad in any means. And this is what Father longed to have. A world full of sons and daughters that he himself picked out this little blue dot out of all the planets in the universe and he projected a special love toward this place that we called home. Oh, thank God. This was one of his great threefold purposes was to express himself, identify himself with human beings, to reveal his self in Christ. Now watch, he carries the same thought over in Future Home a little over a year after this. And he says the three stages that was the attribute that was in God, that he thought of himself of being human. He thought of himself of being human. And that transmitted him down to be Jesus. Now realize that this word transmitted, we've heard a lot of it the last couple of years because of the way viruses are transmitted. I took care of the other day, I said, boy, we've used two words in the last couple of years more than we probably used in our lifetime. She said, what's that? I said, positive and negative, relating to being tested. 
Well, he tested positive. Well, she tested negative, positive, negative, positive, negative. I'll be glad when we don't have to use them words so much, won't you? But think about it that God thought of himself as being a human and that transmitted him down to be Jesus. But notice the work of condescension that we've been dealing with so much in the act of kenosis that the transmission was transmitting himself down. Now man is being able to break into it and I marvel and in part of this about science and about man, how that he can send, say the satellite that I've been mentioning to you, and he can send it out a million miles from the earth and yet be so far away from the earth and be able to control its movements and to control what it does and all of that. You say, how in the world is that even possible that they can send such a thing that far away? But when you look at it and see, they have broken into an element of God's laboratory that God wanted to transmit. Now this is a word of course that we're common with, but it was in a divine way and not a natural way. Now Hubble of course we know was so far out that whenever they started transmitting, this is the word they used, transmitting images of things they were seeing, it was so far out it would take days to get back. The farther they went out, it would take weeks to get back. The farther they went out, it might take months to get back. By the time this new one gets out there, it may take six months or a year before the image will ever get why? Why is that? The range of the transmission is so far out. It takes that, that long to get back. And God transmitted himself. But look, he was so far from humanity that it took thousands of years for the transmission to work itself down in types. Are you hearing me this morning? He didn't just do it all of a sudden and there it was. But he trans transmitted the signal in Adam. He transmitted the signal in Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and so on. And finally the transmission reached the earth, hallelujah, on that beautiful morning when a baby was born and wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. His, his condescension was so old, such a work of his great heart. And he and man were so far apart after the fall that it took the transmission this long to reach the earth. Notice he thought of himself as being human and that transmitted him. Now look what this transmission is doing. So here it is transmitting what? An image. What did Hubble's transmission submit to the earth? So here are the people in Florida and different parts of the earth and they're able to catch that through the invisible. We can't see them images flying through the air, but they have a transmission in Florida, wherever it is, and they would be able to receive the transmission from there. How come you didn't get it before they did? because you're not on the same channel. Why, you've got a cell phone, you've got electronics you pack around in your pocket every day, but you're on a different frequency. You're not made to where your cell phone can pick up images from Hubble. That's the way the world is lost without God. They're not able to pick up the transmission of the new birth and the revelation. I hope you understand the church natural is not on the same transmission as the bride is. The bride is church spiritual. They're church natural. They hear it, it goes over the top of their head. I don't understand it. It don't make no sense to me. But why? You've got a receiving station that goes right in and you receive the image, which is what? The image, the invisible God. 
You receive that image, it transmits into you, and then it transforms by transmission your life into the life of a son or daughter of God. Now notice he said, and now you'll never be there. He said, you was with him then. Oh my goodness. You was with him then. Well, there's only one form of eternal life and that's God. And you had to be a part of God at the beginning. Not what you chose down here. He chose you. Can anybody say amen? Did the shepherds choose which ones was gonna be out there that night? Did the wise man choose which one would find him two years later? He chose them. Who chose who? Oh, glory to God, I went down there and got a hold of the horn to the altar and I prayed and I done so and so. Come on, friends, let's be honest. We're all running from God. We didn't want nothing to do with God. Oh, you might have got a little religious feeling one day. It was not you that found God. It was God that found you. He wasn't lost. We were. Notice this now, back to Christ and mystery. Something had to be lost. And the very thing that man fell and become that, he become the savior of that, taking his own law. Now God cannot make man fall, so here God makes a man. God's got all these attributes in him, savior, redeemer, healer, all that, and God says, tell what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a man, I've got all this in me and I wanna express it. So I'm gonna make a man and then I'm gonna make him fall. And then I'm gonna run over there and I'm gonna say, oh man, oh man, I love you so much, I love you so much, now I can, I can express myself as redeemer. I'm gonna pick you up out of the barnyard and I'm gonna take you in the house and I'm gonna wash all the filth off of you. Now I'll express myself as sanctifier. Then I'll set you up on the bar and I'll fill you with milk or orange juice or water. And then I will express myself as Holy Ghost filler. God cannot be just and make the man fall. But he can be just by putting the man on free moral agency. And then the man can choose what he wants to do. Look, friend, Adam did not choose to be a son of God or not be a son of God. Adam's choice in the Garden of Eden was not to be a son or not to be a son. It was a choice of fellowship. You're placed on the same basis that Adam was. Adam never chose to disassociate himself and no longer be a son of God. He chose to protect his wife. He chose to listen to that. Look, he did not choose. Well, let me see. Let me make up my mind today. Do I want to go to heaven or do I want to go to hell? He never even thought that way. There was no way that choice was laid before Adam. Well, I hope you hear me. And neither is it before the elect of God. Your choice is already made before you even had the ability to choose. Notice this, and he could not do it. So the thing is now that God has made the man and God has instituted his great divine law, how can God ever get man beyond this penalty of law? Only one way. He must take the law himself and pay the penalty. He could not do it as that great Jehovah that covered all space, time, see. He couldn't do it. He had to become a man and he took kinship with the man that was lost. Amen. And become a man, God made flesh. So the baby that was born in a manger Oh, man, people, how they love him at Christmas time. 
how they sing their Christmas carols and their songs and how they worship. And then after Christmas is over, they live like the devil. Well, praise the Lord. They go back to their same old routine and doing the same thing. Well, hallelujah, I'm a Christian. That's, that's not what he died for. He died that we might be a Christian year round. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Is that right? Notice God became from God. God became from God to become me, to take my sin upon him that he might make me him. You believe it. You believe it. Amen. Back to his great purpose of sons and daughters of God. For he is the eternal father. That attribute was in him, see. So that had to be displayed. Now the whole threefold purpose to express himself. He wants to become. He wants to become. Now the world is lost and he has to express himself in a man to become a savior through the reconciliation of the blood from his cross. He had to become that to die in order to save and to bring himself back into the church to have the preeminences in his church. So the first fold of God's purpose was to reveal himself to human beings. That form took shape in many Old Testament manifestations. Pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, a Shekinah, the Hebrew word Shekinah, English. The Shekinah of God that would appear from time to time. But the great fulfillment of his greatest desire was not until Christmas morning. Praise God. No, I, I am not going to be held by some of the fear of the message people and be scared to death to use the word Christmas. My prophet used it. As a matter of fact, he wished people Merry Christmas for many years. And I'm going to do the same thing. That's right. It's, in one way, when you update it, it's Merry Christ in us. Merry Christ in us. I point back to the manger and reflect to this manger because I now am the current nativity scene. Somebody told me the other day, said, if you drove out to Gray uh, to see that nativity scene out there, as a doctor, and I said, no, sir, I haven't, I haven't seen it out there. And I almost said, and I thought, he'll throw me out of this office shores of oil. But I thought about telling him, have you, you, just, you just talked to part of the nativity scene just now. Now, you see people laugh at that, and they think that is absolutely crazy. No, it's not. We now hold his presence in our own bodies. We are now the current scene where the mystery has unfolded itself to this present hour. Look, friends, you know, I've been listening across the mystery of God revealed along with taking sides of Jesus. And I've been hearing the prophet say that it's unfolded itself and taking sides of Jesus, talking about what the church should do and what it should become. And he said, we should think about our young people. We should think about having a church and all of that for our young people. And he said, and time goes on of what our young people will be. And he said, perhaps if it goes on, it will be even greater than it is now. 
greater, talking about the message. Now, if you listen to that in Taking Signs of Jesus, 1962, the prophet actually sets it forth. He said, I wish I'd had young men I could took to India and young men here and there and there. He said, but I'm afraid we've missed that time. Now here, Brother Branham thinks and feels like that the message has reached its height that we had missed that time of the great propagation of this message. My, every time I hear it on tape, I think, Brother Branham, if you'd be able to look beyond the curtain of time and see that it's went around and around and around the world. But in his mind, he says it that way, Brother Joel. He says that I think we have missed that time. As a man looking at it and thinking, oh no, it must be beyond us. No, sir, brother, it's still going around and around the world oh praise God what's he want a church the first purpose to reveal himself in Christ a transmissible form that he can come down and speak to Moses a transmissible form that he can reveal himself as Melchizedek to Abraham don't you understand all them types in the Bible that was Christ before he became Jesus Oh, glory to God. He was Christ before he became Jesus. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna blow some of you away. I was Christ before I became Donnie. I was in him, you were in him, in seed form, in gene form. I was a part of that before I become this. If I was a part of that first, then where am I going? After I leave this, I'm going back into that attribute of God. Secondly, to have the preeminence in his body of believers, that is, his bride, that he might live in people. Why in the world would God want to live in an aging, faulty, flawed human tabernacle? Or not a building like Solomon built him of gold and silver, purple tapestries and royal blues and all of that. But live in a human being that has to get up every day. Lord, forgive me for my mistakes. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I love you. Forgive me, Lord. I'm just an old frail human being. And you think he would choose you over Solomon's temple? He would choose you over the great cathedrals in England? My, some of the great buildings around the world that have been dedicated to gods and goddesses? And he would choose something like this, frail, weak, human beings? But this was part of his goal. Now, he could do that in Adam and Eve, but sin separated him. So now there had to be some way to get it back again. Oh my, when, I, when this, this is rich to me. Just even think of it, see what God's purpose was. Now why didn't he just keep Adam and Eve like that? Then he would have never been able to express his fullness. Somebody's gonna talk about me anyway, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Adam and Eve was not the expression of his fullness. But down to the last one coming in 
we are. This is why he will not leave one, not one, not one of his will be left behind. If it is, then that fullness of God cannot be expressed. Don't you understand? It had to go beyond Adam and Eve. It had to go beyond Israel. It had to go beyond the early church 2,000 years ago. It'll go right on until the last one is brought in. The last one brought in is the entirety of his fullness. Wow. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Then he would have never been able to express his fullness, his full attribute because he could have been a father there. That's true. But also he's a savior. You say, how do you know he was? He is because I've had the experience. Well, let's move it on down now beyond Brother Branham, not to leave Brother Branham out, but to bring it on down now past 1963 till here we are almost 2022. How many can say you know he is because you've had the experience? So the fullness of God is still expressing itself in the earth. Now, I know some of our hearts are saddened because of so many of our loved ones that have been taken this year. Mine as well. But when I look at it, I realize even in that, that God has his way in the departure of a saint. It don't always make sense to you and I. We say, oh, I should have had so many more years with her. I should have had so many more years with him. And I I look at it, Jim, and I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. I understand that. But somehow in the plan of God, if God wanted to take one before the other, somehow we'll look at it and we'll look back and say, now I understand what I didn't understand then. I'm not sure how it works with the children of the devil. I told him the other day, the devil I'm talking about, I told him, I said, I'm not sure how it works with your youngins. Maybe you can take them at leisure. Maybe you can take them when you want. I don't know exactly, but there's this one thing I do know. You cannot take God's when you want. Because they don't belong to the devil. They are not the devils. They belong to Almighty God. So my friends, hang your hope on that promise. Oh my. Oh Jesus. Now he could only do that only through Christ. He could could be a son only through Christ. Be a healer only through Christ. All things wound up in that one person, Jesus Christ. When I see God's great purpose revealing himself, having first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, then bring that fullness of Godhead bodily into a people that he could have the preeminence, the oversight, the leading. Let's stand. Let's stand. Now watch part one, two, and three all merged together here in these paragraphs. Let me read them to you before we finish. First, to express himself completely, God in Christ. Second, to have the preeminence preeminences by this in his church, which is his body, the bride. 
till he could have the preeminence to express himself through them. All right. And thirdly, to restore the kingdom to its rightly position. That fell by sin by the first Adam back to where he walked in the cool of the evening with his people, talked with them, fellowshiped with them. Praise be to God. Don't you long for that? Don't you know who it was that Adam and Eve saw? It was Christ. Pre-Jesus, pre-incarnate form. The form of God that could be seen. So when God made man, and in the image of God created he them, male and female created he them, God is invisible. What did Adam look like? The visible image of God, which was Christ. Now you think about it in the human sense. Jesus was not of the blood of Mary, and he was not of the blood of Joseph. Where did he get his looks from? Now Jesus had a certain human look, right? And he looked apparently Jewish, right? The Samaritan woman said that, how come you're a Jew would speak to me as a Samaritan? So his looks must have been Jewish. But he didn't get them looks from Mary, and he didn't get them from Joseph. Where'd he get them? From his father, which created him to look in that way. Now, God could have created him to look like a Kentuckian, if he'd so wished, or an African, had he so wished, or an Indian from India, or someone from Pakistan. But God created him to look like what he wanted him to look like, in eternity. Praise the Lord. Now you see, God does not have racial preference. God don't look at the black and say, I prefer them over the white. He don't look at the white and say, I prefer them over the black. No, no, man is the one who has all that hatred in him. Not God. And children of God with the Holy Ghost don't have in them either. Now this image that the Lord Jesus had will be the very same image you will see and worship and adore and love for eternity. As a matter of fact, when the city comes down and he sits upon his father's throne, you're wanting to know what it's going to look like. Well, we have an insight into that. We will walk up the great streets of the paradise of God and there will be one sitting on the throne. John said, I saw one set upon throne, not thrones. Who will that be? God's attribute of humanity. He will receive a new name. We won't call him Jesus. We'll call him his new name. We will come up in our human bodies with eternal life. And we'll bow before him and worship him and touch him and talk to him and him talk back to us. And then above him is the Father. You see, the Father's not an old man. But he's that great, eternal. And there will sit Jesus in the Shekinah of Father God. And Father God will be echoing his own life in each of those bride city inhabitants. Because the Holy Ghost you receive here is your portion for eternity. 
Praise be to God. Well, you said, what, what happens when I die? What happens to my Holy Ghost? Well, of course, it takes your attribute and moves into the new theophany body. They're waiting for the resurrection of your flesh tabernacle. Your Holy Ghost is yours forever. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Don't you understand? It's your portion of himself. What happened on the day of Pentecost? He divided himself. Peter didn't get my part. Peter got his part. He didn't get John's part. You didn't get my brother Larry. I didn't get yours. My portion will be mine forever. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, real people who've received the one and original and only Christmas present. It's not a gift card from Amazon. It's not a gift card from Kohl's or your favorite restaurant. The true and original Christmas gift is God giving his life. And for those who receive it, not just receive him as Savior, because all the world wants that. But those who receive his character, his integrity, who he is, his will, that they might be able to reflect him having the preeminence. Oh, I could go out and do this. I could go out and do that, but I don't want to. Oh, you're scared to death. No, it's not that I'm scared that I'll be lost and go to hell. I hope you understand me. That question was settled for me years ago. I have not feared hell in decades. I'm saved. I'm sealed. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But I do fear I might displease him somehow. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we sing together? Oh, come. Let us adore him. As the bride of Christ, we should be able to sing this on January, February, March, April, May, June, July. You understand? All the rest of the year. Amen. Because we have received God's Christmas gift. You remember the story the prophet tells us about the old guy. His wife had died. He's all his little daughter wanted was a little dolly for Christmas. He don't have the money. He's a tramp. So he finds an old doll in the garbage can. His little baby's gone. But somehow in his mind, it's so messed with him. He's walking up and down the street and police officer finds him. Oh, you're drunk. No, no, my, my, my baby wants a, a doll for Christmas. The prophet tells it with such feeling when you hear him tell it. You know the end of the story, of course. He said he passed himself. What did he do? He said it was an appropriate gift for a little doll. An appropriate gift for me. I was the prodigal son. The appropriate gift for me was help me see who I am. I didn't need church membership. That's not an appropriate gift for a CG, Brother Jack. The appropriate gift was open my eyes to help me see who I am. That's one reason I absolutely love this message with all of my heart. 
I read my Bible, and friends, I preached from my Bible when I was in Pentecost, and I've told you before, part of my reputation of being a Pentecostal preacher was how much of the Bible I could quote, how many chapters and verses and books and so on and so on and so on. I read it. I didn't read no other books. I didn't study no other books. I read the Bible. I memorized the Bible. I studied the Bible, and I was as blind as I could be to the very book I memorized. Praise God. But God sent a wise man who'd been following a star. And he pointed the bride, not to himself, not to Branham Tabernacle, but he pointed us to the heavenly star. Hallelujah. Where is he? Where is he? We have seen his star in the west and we have come to worship him. Praise be to God. Oh, come let us. Oh, let's sing it now. Oh, come let us. be like the wise men today they came to him one certain way and when they found him they were warned by a divine voice 
to don't go back the same way, but to leave another way. You see, the world wants to come the way that they found him, and they want to still walk the same way. Many of the church folks do the same. But if you hear the true voice from that manger, that angelic voice, it will tell you, walk a different way. Walk a different route. Don't be as you were. Don't live the same type of life that you are. That's the way you express, you believe he is worthy. There's only one being in this world, all of who you are, and that's the Lord Jesus. Don't give Satan who you are. He ain't worth it. Don't give your job everything you are. Don't give your wife and everybody else who you are. Who you are belongs to the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. May the Lord help you and strengthen you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May the Lord be with you. I'm praying for you that have lost loved ones during this time. I know it's so, so difficult and painful for you. May God strengthen you and help you. Let's bow our heads together and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for the service today. I pray it's been a blessing to your children, Lord. We are so thankful that you were willing to come down. But Lord, we see it further back than what many do. We see your condescension began many, many, many millennia in time before that baby was ever born. How grateful we are today, Lord God. I pray that you go with each of your people. Keep them, Lord. Heal the sick. Encourage those that are weary. Lord, I know that some of them are they're just having a hard time during this time. Lord, the holidays you know, is with us with family. Father, some sick and even our family, Lord, we couldn't get together because some sick makes us feel sad. It makes us feel apart from each other during these times. But Lord, how we're longing for the day when we'll gather together up at your house. It won't be Christmas at your house, but it'll be the royal banquet, the gathering of the bride at your house. May there be every one of us here today sitting there at that table we ask, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you, saints. See you, Lord willing, Wednesday night. But there, God bless you. Go in the fear of God. Amen. You appreciate the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's just sing this song this morning as you go. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. He's not only born, but he's living within us. Amen. Let's just sing this as we go this morning. You're, don't forget, the church has a little treat bag for you over in the fellowship hall, I believe. Uh, so pick up one of those on your way out this morning. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing this. We'll go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Pull down in a lonely manger, the humble Christ was born and brought us God's salvation. That blessed Christmas morn Tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born While shepherds kept their watching Or silent
Jesus Christ is born. 